Well, welcome to the first episode of Movie Torture. I'm Roger. And I'm Brad. And we are just two middle-aged white guys who uh, enjoy movies. And uh, we're just basically in this podcast, we're just going to have a good time telling stories about the movie we watched. Uh, Some of these will probably go back to our teenage days and uh, maybe have stories to go along with them. Um, Some probably will have to edit or uh, don't you think so? Uh, First, easy on the middle-aged. I don't like thinking of myself as middle-aged. And yes, we're going to watch a lot of bad movies, so you don't have to, right? Uh, We also want to say hello to uh, producer Gary, who's over there. He's waving right now. But yeah, we are excited to do this. This I'm is sure. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because because everybody was waving back at producer yeah, Gary. Everybody wave at producer <laughs> Gary right now. He's waving. Um, we are really excited about this. this. Is fun. We're just gonna have fun, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. this we are both movie buffs, uh, you know, uh, and so we just wanted to have the opportunity to to do what we normally do when we talk about stuff we've seen and, uh, and what was horrible about it, what was good about it too. We, we will definitely do that. Some may surprise us as we go along. Some maybe we've not watched before. Some maybe we have, uh, and it's just the second time around. Um, and maybe as we've grown older, it's not as funny as it was when it, to us when we were 16, 20, 25 or whenever. I agree. I agree. I, I, think that we're going to find that some movies we thought were good are now total crap. Yeah. And other movies that we think are crap actually smell pretty good. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe we get the jokes that we didn't get when we were 16 when we watched them the first time. So Yeah, I actually have one of those in this movie I can't wait to talk about. So okay. I'm excited. Roger, tell them what movie we're doing. We are doing Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja was re- um, released... January 17th, 1997, and uh, it was a big box office hit. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about the movie and the, the cast, maybe? Well, first off, that's it had an $18 million budget, yep. which in today's money, which would be $34 million, that's a lot of dough to spend on a fat ninja. Um, really, that's a lot of money. Yeah. They really forked it. They paid Chris Farley. Six million dollars to talk him into doing this yeah. this film. It was eighteen million dollar budget, and it made almost thirty eight million. So it was profitable. Yeah, and actually, the first week it came out, it was number one at the box office. Uh, also, that week uh, in nineteen ninety seven, uh, we had a number one song was uh, "Unbreak My Heart" by Tony Braxton. I will. Brad, you want to break into that tune? Uh, I was just thinking, on oh, break my... I knew yeah. that song in my head, yes. Yeah. Uh, it also... Also that week uh, in, in the news, um, Dennis Rodman, who, you know, former basketball player, uh, got suspended for 11 games for kicking the photographer uh, there underneath the basket. Uh, Roger, what, what's your thoughts on Dennis Rodman's hair? Uh, yeah, the colors... See, I was one of those guys who hated Rodman at first because he was a Piston, and then he came over to the Bulls, and so then he, you know, I, I liked him. Uh, Dennis was a different character. He was. He yeah. was ahead of his time. Today he would fit right in. Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd be one of the guys. He could wear a dress today and fit right in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he would be well promoted. If he he would be. Especially on Disney. Um, 
Also that week, uh, Jake Paul, that exact day, uh, UFC fighter Jake Paul and podcaster and whatever him and his brother uh, talk about, uh, he was born that day. So there were a lot of things going on in uh, January of 1997. I was a senior in high school, and I remember this movie clearly. I was excited because Chris Farley is riding off the steam of Black Sheep, right? So we get to talk today about what I I I remember as not a fun watch for me back in, what, 26 years ago. Yeah. Wow, it's been that long. It's been a long time. It's been that long. Well, you want to talk about the plot? You uh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about plot cast and as we go along. Uh, um, director was Dennis Dugan. Ooh. Dennis uh, was a um, basically a buddy of Adam Sandler's and uh, has done so many of uh, those SNL movies. Um, he has actually uh, acted in 67, uh, 67 movies and or TV shows, and he also uh, directed 40. Um, he's been in everything from Moonlighting, MASH, Hill Street Blues, Rockford Files. That's how old he is. He was in the Rockford Files. Wow, that's even before my time. But he, <laughs> he has directed such crap as You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Yeah. Grown Ups 2, which was, that's a future movie, Torture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we're definitely going to talk about that. Jack and Jill. Oh. He has a pretty strong lineup. We could do a yeah. lot. Of Jack and Jill went up the hill and fell over the cliff. Yeah, that movie was yeah. not a good movie. Uh, there's a lot of movies on here that, you know, I would I would say Big Daddy's is best. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy yeah. are probably his peak, but sadly his peak was 1999, and it's 2023. So, yeah. yeah. So we the, the cast with this uh, had a lot of people of Asian uh, descent, um, but the star, of course, like you mentioned, was was Chris Farley. Uh, who had been in, in a handful of other movies before this. Uh, he actually, believe it or not, did you know he got nominated for an award for this movie? You're, really, what was the award? MTV you know, Movie Awards. Gave him an award? Yep. Or, no, he was he a was nominee. Nominee. Nominee for, for okay. Best Comic Performance. So I, Was that after he passed away or before? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Because uh, if it was, it was a pity nomination yeah. because there's there's no way yeah. he needs any awards for this. It, he doesn't phone it in. Mm-hmm. I will I will I will say we're probably going to talk in the future about actors that phone it in and don't care. He gives it his all in this movie. Um, that, but, but but we need to sum up the movie. We're going to do a segment where we sum this movie up in about 140 words. Mm-hmm. If, if you've never seen Beverly Hills Ninja, it's about a fat guy that is a ninja who goes to Beverly Hills to chase a, a hot chick and um, saves the day, stops the counterfeiting ring, gets the hot chick. All right. This, there's some things I would add to that. He's a bad ninja <laughs> who uh, happened to fall in the right places to rescue everybody uh, and, uh, and save the day. By accident. How how many times do you think he would have actually died in this movie if he was this movie was reality? Um, oh gosh, 
I don't think he would have made. If it was real, I don't think he would have made it out of that that strip club. No, <laughs> yeah, I think he would have been. <laughs> he would have died there. <laughs> from from uh, from his heart exploding from uh, the dancing. Roger, what's your thoughts on ninjas? First off, I would love to meet a ninja. If we could have an actual ninja join us, I would love that. But what are your thoughts on fat ninjas? Fat ninjas. Uh, I think this was a first for me. Um, Could there be fat ninjas? I don't know. They're known to be sneaky and uh, be, being able to hide and get into small places, and I just don't see Chris, you know, being squeezed into a tight space. See, for me, I'm I'm a portly dude. So, for me, if I was a ninja, I would like the stealth movements in the kitchen to grab food you're not paying attention by, right? Yeah. I come in, you got one cupcake left. You don't even know I'm in there. Yeah. I grab that cupcake, I'm out. That's what I would use my ninja tools for. But you would get caught with icing on your lips. Uh, yeah. For sure. So so what actor today, what fat actor today do you think could be an undercover ninja? Uh, I mean, how many fat people are there? I mean, like, there's not, I mean... Kevin James, he could definitely yeah, be an undercover yeah, ninja. Yeah, yeah, you Never yeah. Never know. He'll definitely be a candidate for one of our movies. Um, Future uh, movie torture. Yeah. The only fat person I know that's famous right now is Lizzo. She definitely couldn't be a ninja. No, no, she couldn't. John Goodman's lost a lot of weight. He, he could have been. He could be a ninja and now. The guy, and the guy from uh, uh, the, the Billy, what's his name, from um, Mike and Molly. Oh, he's lost a lot of weight, yeah, too. he's lost a lot of weight, Maybe they too. lost weight to go into ninja training. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you can be old and be a ninja. Maybe you can be old and ninja. We'll have yeah. to talk about that. But I was watching this fascinated that this dude is every bit of 250 pounds, and he's a ninja. Yeah. Crazy to me. Just crazy. So. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. It, what, do you, what, what happens in the beginning of this movie? Okay, this is the first thing that just totally baffled me. So, you know, he's, uh, uh, he, okay, let's, let's go before he, before Farley comes into it. So they they showed these ninjas, and there's this narration going on, and it shows them jumping off a cliff, and like, it's like they're imaginary flying, like you know, like using wings. And I know you folks can't see me right now, but uh, but I'm just like, it's like they were doing like air brakes as they were going to the to the ground, and it just didn't make sense to me. And then the other thing, and they landed, they always land in the attack position, like, yeah, you know, which is always a good position to land in, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, um, and then, you know, he Farley falls out of a was it a car he was in the back seat of a car or or was it an airplane? What was it? He uh, I'm trying to remember that. I think he fell out of a car down on the beach in a oh. treasure chest. Why would you have your baby in a treasure chest? How did he breathe in there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He was a baby ninja. And if you're going to be found, what better group of people to find you than ninja family? And then, uh, you know, time goes on, and they they start to uh, train him. Um, I love those training schools. Ninja school was was a different kind of school. I would love to go to ninja school. I I think – I think Farley was, uh, or, or what was his name? His Haru, uh, Haru, 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 Haru was his name. Uh, Haru uh, struggled in ninja school. Uh, he uh, didn't seem to be too efficient with the sharp objects. No, he would 
Yeah. But, but but his brother, his brother, if you're in ninja school, I would want to murder him, right? Because he's doing a lot of things that is very torturous to his brother mm-hmm. and everyone there. Now, Robin Shu uh, was the, the brother ninja. Um, and uh, his first movie was a TV movie with Melissa Gilbert. Oh, that's a little house on the prairie. Yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. He was little house on the ninja, or little ninja on the house. Little ninja on the house. Little ninja comes to the house. (laughs) He was also in Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. I've never seen Mortal Kombat. Okay, I haven't either. Is that a future movie torture movie? Yeah, probably is. uh, Definitely. um, And then he also trained Mila. I I can never say her name. Mila, uh, the chick that played in Resident Evil. Mila Kunis. No. Mila Javodovich. Yeah, yes, yeah. I can't say her name. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the 70s show. Javovich. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so he was the uh he was the the brother, older brother ninja who seemed to be a real ninja who actually could do real ninja kind of things. Do you think he's been typecast as a ninja? Uh it seems like he is his his uh List of um, what do you call it? It's not discography. That's for the music, but uh, his uh, yeah, filmography uh, was uh, was was pretty karate ninja fied. Yeah, mm. Japanese oriented. Yeah. yeah. Do Do you think he brags about being in Beverly Hills Ninja? Hmm. Probably. Producer Gary is shaking his head no right yeah. now. I would think the only thing he was proud of that movie was his hair. He had really good hair. He did. I wish I had yeah. a head of hair he had, like that He guy. had a really good set of 80 or 90s kind of hair. So so, we, so we're seeing him train, and he's obviously a terrible ninja. He's a terrible ninja, right? And I kept thinking to myself, how many people in that ninja school are giving Haru swirlies in the bathroom? Because <laughs> it's happening, right? Because, I mean... That, this guy's not, he's getting punished, right? Yeah. They're making donut jokes. They're definitely talking behind his back. Got to. Yeah. Yeah. They just got to be. I love how he thought he was going to be the finest student, though. The finest. He was going to be the, the, the white ninja that the had been white bright mamas that had been promised, you know. <laughs> the white ninja. The white ninja. The great white ninja. I'm going to tell my wife that needs to be my nickname, the great white ninja. Yeah. I like that. So... <laughs> So we're watching this guy, and the sensei gives him, in essence, a fake job. Yeah. Right? Have you ever been given a fake job in your life, Roger? Um, I think being called the head of my household is probably I like that. been a fake job. <laughs> That's a good fake job. Yeah. I remember. If you know Crystal, you know what I'm talking about. When I was in the military, uh, some of you listening are like, wow, this guy's in the military. Uh, I was a terrible marcher. I couldn't march, and my drill instructor was like, I'm going to have you stay back, and I'm going to have you scrape snow off my car so you don't have to march. I was so excited about it, but it was just a fake job that really I didn't need to do, but he just didn't want me joining the other ninjas. So in your job description, it was snow uh, scraping? Snow scraping, yes. So, yeah, I've I've been given a fake job, uh, and that's one that I always think about. Okay, yeah. Before he, he uh, is given the job, uh, the medal ceremony, when they're presenting everybody with the medals, mm-hmm. something stuck out to me that I'd never noticed before. 
the dude to the right of the guy who was giving out the medals looked like a Japanese Sean Penn. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, You'll have to go back and... and I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. that scene yes. to see Sean Penn. I mean, he, he looked like he looked like a Sean Penn with one of those, those Fu Manchu mustaches, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't know Sean Penn was in this movie. Um, Does... Another thing that we keep getting hints of in this movie, they keep slow dropping it for us. Does every ninja movie... I wrote this down because I was thinking... Do we have to have the song Kung Fu Fighting in it? Yeah, that's that's a given. Is that like in the contract? If it's a it's comedy and it's about Kung Fu or yeah, about karate or ninjuin, you know, any of that kind of stuff, it's that song's got to be in it. So if we do another comedy ninja movie, I should expect to hear everybody is Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay, because that movie's everywhere in this movie. It, that song is plays yeah. a few times mm-hmm. in this movie. They they tease you with it. It's a little tease, yeah, a little more tease, and then next thing you know, everyone's kung fu fighting, yeah, and you're hearing it full blast, and you're just enjoying it that moment, right? That movie also had a handful of other songs that were typical '90s songs. Uh, the uh, "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred was in the in the soundtrack. The music dates this movie. Yeah. Big One time. Way or Another with Blondie. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good song. Yeah, it was actually, it shows that uh, there were two different versions of Kung Fu Fighting in this movie. Two different. So they had two different versions. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas and Kung Fu Fighting by Patty Rothberg. Wow. They yeah. really wanted to hit you in the head with Kung Fu Fighting. They wanted you to know this movie is balls to the wall Kung Fu. In comedy, yeah, it's it's a it. This movie, for for all its badness, it literally is a joke every minute or two. Yeah, you're getting some kind of joke, so it does provide yeah. that. It's about all it provides. Yeah, but yeah, and he literally destroys everything. Roger, he does. I, I mean, he is a one man wrecking crew. If there's a pole to walk into, he's walking into it. If uh, if there's something to tear, like. Anytime I saw candles, I was like, okay, eventually something's going to catch on fire. I will say we we get introduced pretty quick to a prime 34-year-old Nicolette Sheridan. I mean, we're talking in her peakness wow. of hotness. Yes. And she shows up, and, and what I think is the best scene of this movie, by far the best scene of this movie, she shows up, he's been left behind, fake job, and... He, I, I really laughed at this. She comes in. He's trying to pretend to be a full-blooded ninja, right? Mm-hmm. He, I think he introduced himself as the white ninja. Yeah. That's when we hear that. Uh, and he shows her a ninja skill where she has to count to ten. And I think this is the funniest scene in the movie because he busts through a door. <laughs> And then he's she's still counting. She's still counting. She's too. still counting. He's trying to find a place to hide to then come out. It, it's by far, in my opinion, the best scene. Yeah, of the him movie. standing at the door, like leaning up against it, going, you know, kind of like, "Hey, I'm over here." <laughs> but he's out of breath. He's yeah. like, <sighs> he's sweating. Yeah. He's sweating. He's got the fat guy sweat yeah. going. And he's like, but the right. confidence level, his confidence level is off the chart. Yeah, it was a 10. It was a solid yeah. 10 on comedy. He saw Nicolette Sheridan. He's like, yeah. man, I'm going to make her my girlfriend Yeah, eventually. If I had to travel, I was kind of confused on where we were because it looked like America, 
Nicholas Sheridan shows up. I'm like, oh, yeah, they must be in California already, but they're not. They're not in California, but she shows up. Man, I wish I had that kind of confidence. He's a fat dude who really is into Nicolette Sheridan, who would eventually show up in uh, Desperate Housewives, right? Yeah, she uh, actually had a – let's look at her credits. Knott's Landing, she was uh, had a character on Knott's Landing for Never for watched years. it? You didn't? No. Nah. Okay, that was on Friday nights. It was uh, 8 o'clock was uh, the Dukes of Hazard. I did like the Dukes of Hazard. 9 o'clock was Dallas, and 10 o'clock was Knott's Landing. Uh, Roger, you are really dating any any anybody under the age of thirty listening to this right now probably yeah. just tuned out. Yeah, yeah. My uh, Friday nights a lot of times were spent at my grandpa's house, and uh, and so that was it. That was the Dukes of Hazard, uh, and then I would watch Dallas. And the only reason I really watched Dallas because I was a Cowboy fan as a kid, and I wanted to see the scene where they show the top of Texas Stadium as they go through the credits. And uh, yeah, well, was, well, I remember I had a birthday party. I think it was my third because I've got photos of it. I don't remember it's third birthday. Maybe it's my fourth, but it was a Dukes of Hazard party because that was my show. I would be totally canceled today because in this I had a birthday cake in the photo with General Lee with the rebel flag on it. Like, yeah. I don't think that could fly today. No. But back in early 80s, it's full go. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard, car yeah. jumping, best ever. Yeah, that was that was, that was the show for uh, us kids when we go back to school and we talk about it on, on Monday. But yeah, Nicolette Sheraton, she was, uh, she was in Desperate Housewives. Uh, she at one time dated Leaf Garrett. You remember Leaf Garrett? Man, that's way Scott Bayo. That's a long. That's a long time. That's Scott Bayo was one of her her guys, and then um, she married Michael Bolton. Wow, who had one of the best heads of hair of the late eighties, early nineties, and uh, she actually at one point auditioned for Friends for the part of uh, Jennifer Aniston's. Um, uh, the who did Jennifer Aniston play? I'm Rachel. Yeah, thank you, producer. Thank you, Gary. producer Gary. Yeah, turn your mic on next time so we can hear you. Uh, so uh, she she, uh, she tried out for Rachel, and she also tried out for the Grace position on Will and Grace for that for that wow. for that spot. Of course, didn't get either one because they chose people who were better actors. Well, she dodged that bullet. <laughs> she she saved herself for Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I don't want the friend. I don't want to be typecast. I want to be it's in Rachel Beverly Hills Ninja with Fat Chris Farley. Yeah. Do they – well, we'll get to that. I, I've got to get – there's so many questions I have about this movie. Um, first off, he drops a line near that where he says, Sensei has oh, – Wait a minute. We've got to specify what a line is because it, it can be taken – with Chris Farley, it can yeah. be taken in another direction. Could be taken in drugs. <laughs> he did not drop a line of cocaine <laughs> yeah, in this, yeah. but – Maybe maybe <laughs> in between scenes, but not during maybe the scene. Maybe in between. But he did drop the Sensei, who we hadn't talked about yet, but Sensei's like his dad, right? His sensei had 18-year-old twin geishas. That was a line dropped. I mean, we're, we're talking – sensei must have had it going on if he had two 18-year-old girls as his girlfriend. Yeah. We, I'd love to see a movie about sensei and how he met the two 18-year-old geishas. Yeah. That would have been good. I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> but he spends his day hanging out with 18 dudes. Yeah. So it's the opposite. We never see him with chicks. We only see him with dudes. Yeah. And I all had skirts on. You know, they all had the... <laughs> they did. Up. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he meets Nicole. What what was the character's name? Uh, her name was... Um, uh, her her name is Allison. But, yeah, Allison. But she gives him a fake name. Something Jones. What was it? Was uh, it 
some Jones. I, Heather Jones. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a very Katie common Jones. it was a very common name, but her real name is Allison. But Chris Farley, well, Haru, I just call him Chris Farley, is a big moron. So he doesn't really think that she is basically Haru's on the same brain level as Harry and Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber. Exactly. He's in that. I, honestly, it's, that's the same kind of uh, kind of plot line because you know, Jim really, Carrey ends up following uh, what's her name, uh, the redhead. They said, "Let's take Dumb and Dumber, yeah, and we're gonna add a fat dude in a ninja costume and ninjas, yeah." And it didn't have the same charm as Dumb and Dumber. Now, yeah. Dumb and Dumber two, future movie torture. Yeah. That was we'll, we'll get to that later. But, yeah, they basically took the plot line of Dumb and Dumber, which came out three years earlier. So it was fresh in Hollywood. It yeah. was a big hit. So, yeah, yeah Nicolette Sheridan, yeah, Allison is her name. and Sally Jones was her, you know, her. Sally Jones, yes, yeah. that's it, Sally Jones. Uh, so we now are. Okay, which, again, did not make sense to me. Why did she give him a fake name when she wanted it? And she said, I'll come find you. Like, was she a ninja, you know, and had those kind of skills that she knew where he would be? I want to, in my brain, pretend that she was a ninja. I don't think so. Uh, no, and ninjas are kind of, I guess, intelligent. So they She would, was definitely smarter than Haru. Yeah. It, uh, Close, because she, she acted like she thought he was a ninja, so maybe. Maybe she was actually... She's borderline dumb and dumber also. Yes. She's way dumber than the Lauren Holly character Lauren in Holly, yeah. in Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. But she was dating a baller who you know, we're going to meet in a minute who yeah. is running a scheme to counterfeit cash. Yeah. Who she didn't trust. Who she didn't trust. Have, yeah. I, why are you dating someone you don't <laughs> even trust and have you ever wanted to counterfeit cash? Like yeah. that's a just feeds into that that eighties nineties mentality of uh, of women. You know that basically wherever the money was, there they were also. What was the money they were printing? I kept trying to figure. Was it Japanese money? I think I think that's what it was. It was Japanese yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Like why aren't they printing dollar bills? You know, they're. I didn't even. It was almost like fake Hollywood yeah. money we were watching. Yeah, it really wasn't. I mean it. It's like these producers, like, we're going to have a movie about counterfeiting, but we're not really going to tell you anything about the counterfeiting that we're doing. We're going to take the counterfeit plates over to America where they can't be used. Yeah. Yeah, because who's walking into a Best Buy or back then a media play and dropping down Japanese cash? You think you would go American because you're in Beverly Hills, the richest Part of California, yeah. you know, one of the richest parts. One of the ri- have, you ever, have you ever been to Beverly Hills, Roger? I have not. I have not been. Out th- you, you've been. Out I've to been California. there plenty of times and yeah. looked very poor while I was there. <laughs> um, you know, you would think the writers for this were Mark Feldberg and Mitch Cleve Banoff. You would think Mark and Mitch were doing a little, little uh, cocaine on the side with uh, Chris when they were writing this movie because. Some of the this this does not flow well. The they their this this was Mark Feldberg's last writer's credit. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm I'm like he had disorder. You know, didn't surprise me. It yeah. doesn't surprise me. Even he after had seen Beverly Hills Ninja. He had the 1987 Opus Disorderlies, which starred the Fat Boy. Oh, this has to be 
Oh, the Fat Boys. This has to be a future movie torture. Oh, yes. Because. The Fat Boys are back. Yeah, we've got to watch this movie. I've never seen Disorderlies. I want to see this Disorderlies, movie Disorderlies, yes. It has not only has the, the Fat Boys, but it has um, Anthony Geary, who played Luke in General Hospital for many, many, many years. Roger watching his stories. and As a kid, yeah. Mitchell, Mitchell Klebanoff did. He has not. <laughs> He did Dancing Ninja in 2010, so he likes the ninja genre. Hey, a, if there's going to be a movie about ninjas, uh, he wrote Mitch is doing it. He wrote Disorderlies also. They must have been a pair. And then they broke off, and he's like, I'm writing more ninja movies. Yeah. I need more ninja. Bring ninja yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, ninjas and fat boys, they, they were, you know. We have the fat cover. But we don't have the ninja cover. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're, we're good on fat, but we're not good on ninja. So, so Roger, we're now it's time. He's like he he goes to Sensei. He's like I gotta go find Sarah. What was her name? I can't. Sally remember. Jones. Sally Jones, and and Sensei's like I know this moron is probably gonna die. Yeah. If I send him on his own, he's gonna die, right? Yeah. So his poor brother has to secretly the real ninja. Has the to- real ninja who is debased in this movie so much. I would say he has to do more torturous things to himself than Farley. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the scenes of him either being in the trunk of a car or uh, having to uh, put on uh, put on drag. Uh, at, where were they at? A club or <laughs> no? They were in a oh, probably my second favorite scene of the whole movie. <laughs> Well, basically, they're in a uh, hibachi grill. Yes, a hibachi grill. That's I don't know. What kind of training do you think goes into being in hibachi? And have you been to a hibachi grill where a big, fat, white dude is your hibachi host? Um, I actually have. Wow. Yes. Was it Haru? (laughs) Did you call him Haru? Because I would have done that. uh, All I have to say is Gaston County, and then that that will make you believe, yes, it it was a white guy. Oh wow! Doing the uh, so the cooking. So I got to be honest. I didn't notice that his brother was even in the dress at first. I'm like, whoa! Oh my yeah. gosh! That that I didn't catch that the first time around. Yeah, but then I was like, oh, that's his brother. What would it take for you to go undercover in a dress? Like, I don't think I could pull that off. No. I mean, and he went full on. Like, I was imagining this guy had to be in front of a mirror putting makeup yeah, on. Yeah. How does he know how to wear yeah. makeup? First off, yeah. Where did he get the dress? And, and I mean, it looked like a female. Not an attractive female, but it did look like a female. It's like a three on the ten scale. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Producer Gary's laughing. <laughs> I think it's the first time all night he's yeah. laughed at us. But uh, he's in a dress. So I, I kept thinking, and, and how, did, how did Farley score the job? You know, he went in there. He had to. And and then I was also wondering about his gold coins. They look like how far do these gold coins roll? Because he gets the hotel with the gold coins. Yeah, that was my question. Like, where did how far did the gold coins roll? Yeah. How did he get the the job to be in a bocce grill? Plus, have Chris Rock be his like? Uh, oh, we're gonna get to Chris Rock. Yeah, his yeah. His, his his what you call him uh, trainee for to be in a ninja and. Yeah, we're gonna get Chris there. Rock. Joey. Actually, Chris Rock was actually the comedic relief in this movie, and he wasn't funny. 
There were, there were a couple scenes, but Joey, Chris Rock had the name Joey in this movie. <laughs> he sounds like he should live in on the TV show Dallas. He's, here comes Joey. <laughs> yeah, Chris Rock's one of my favorites, but uh, yeah, he uh, this was not one of his um, but, his but prime roles. We'll get to Joey, okay. but he he then does something that is mind boggling to me. He picks up the the most biggest fish. They had to weigh a lot. Yeah. And he starts slinging them. Yeah. Could you imagine getting beat down by fish? Uh, that would be nasty. And slimy. Getting smacked with the slime. Ugh. Do you think, I mean, he had to shower after this part, right? Like, Haru was like, had to be going, man, my hands smell like straight fish right now. I have to go shower. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, he's slinging these fish like it's nothing. He's just swinging. And, wow, I'm telling you, it was it was a crazy scene. It was. It was. It was. Uh, the, the, yeah, again, the knives being thrown around. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I just, smelly fish hands just can't, can't get rid of that thought. And how does he not notice his brother? I mean, how could he not see this ninja? Yeah. yeah. I guess because he's stealthy. I'd want. I mean, that's just stealthy. Yeah. Right? He's just. He's just. He can hide it. You know. At, what killed me too was uh, every time he went back to the hotel and he would leave his shoes on the outside, and that poor custodian kept having to throw them away uh, each time he, he he came back and just oh. cussing underneath his breath like, uh, why are they leaving <laughs> shoes out here? I got to throw them away. His nickname for the. Uh, Driver is always for the bellhop was fun. I'm not going to say it because we're a family friendly show, but he called him that name, thinking it was his name, yeah. which is a total Dumb and Dumber move. Yes, they really stole a lot from Dumb and Dumber. In yeah, this. yeah. Uh, Do you think the writers watched Dumb and Dumber while they wrote this this script? Yes, they that had to. Be. Yeah, could be. I would love to interview one of the writers yeah. and just ask them where they came up with this movie. Uh, I love the scene, Roger. You remember the scene, right? I love the scene where he thinks he's found Sally, but it's a dude. Oh, yeah. That was a fun. He goes, Sally? And he reaches out, and it's like this dude. And he goes goes to the mall, and it's like every, every blonde he runs into. It, there can't be, like, this many attractive, rich, white ladies, blonde ladies in, in California. And everywhere he goes, there was one. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and the, yeah, him and Chris Rock going through the mall, looking at those. uh Chris could have helped him out a little bit more there. He could have been a good wingman. Yeah. He was not a good – Joey was borderline moron also. Yeah. Uh, we're introduced to Martin Tanley. Yes. Who is the villain of this movie, Martin Tanley. Yes. He had an English accent like this right here, right? Or is that more like uh, Australian? But anyway, this dude is paying a million bucks for one side of a plate. Yeah. Which to me to is make, to make money. Yes. Which to me is stupid. Yes. I mean that's the dumbest yes. thing ever. Why yeah. would yeah, his his thought was why why would you only sell me the, the front half of the plates? Well the back half weren't ready. <laughs> but he's gonna pay a million. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed at Martin Tanley. Yeah, who's played by Nathaniel Parker. What's he been in, Rod? Uh he actually played King David in the T V version of uh, the story of the biblical biblical David. Oh, so he wasn't a bad guy. No, he was in that movie. He was actually a good guy. Well, part of the movie he was a good guy. He played a part of David. There was that part where he had to play the bad guy. So you know, but that's for the biblical scholars to talk about. <laughs> His most recent thing that has been in the movies was the Last Duel, 
which probably will be a future movie torture with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Oh, wow. Yeah, it came out in 2021. So What was the name of the movie? The Last Duel, directed by Ridley Scott. So it's in the theater. Uh, yeah, Adam Driver. So he was in that movie, yeah. but in this movie, man, I got to be honest, Martin Tanley's he brings it. He brings it in this movie. He doesn't – he is a bad guy, and he lets you know it. Yeah, yeah. He He's that regular 80s, 90s villain, the kind of guy who's going to tell you what happens to you before you die, you know, and yeah. – I would like that. If I'm about to die by yeah. someone, I would like for them to describe the ways I'm going to die yeah. so I can compartmentalize it in my brain. So I'm like, okay, you're going to shoot me. Okay, mm-hmm. Where? Just to know, I want to make sure it's going to happen. That gives me time, though, to formulate a plan yes. to then counteract the death. That's the plan. Would yeah. you, Roger, would you pay a million dollars to only get some half of something? Like if I, yeah, if I, to, I could own half a sports team. You know, that, that mm-hmm. would be good. That's good. But yeah. would you pay half for an object? Would you pay a million dollars for half of Michael Jordan's rookie card? Uh, no. Martin Tanley would. Yeah, he would. He would definitely in his And he would spend his time trying to pursue the other half. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would definitely. But it So so we have Haru in Beverly Hills now. Yes. Which in all intents and purposes should be funny, right? Yes. There's so many things we could have done with this guy, Rodeo Drive. Do we missed the shopping montage? Yeah, well, there's just him walking into a shop and coming out with like, dressed like a pimp. That was that was all we got out of that. And that's what he wore. But I'd like to see him try on like yeah. bathing suit. Yeah. You see Joey do the fingers like the no, like no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. And and Joey, let's get to let's get to Chris Rock, who had a tangerine belt. Yeah, tangerine. is there a <laughs> tangerine belt? I didn't have a black belt. He had a tangerine belt. <laughs> I have a tangerine belt. Chris Rock is slumming it in this movie, right? Like. There's no way Chris Rock brags about being in Beverly Hills Ninja. No. He he probably took this job, and uh, it was at the beginning of his career, right after Saturday Night Live. I mean. He hadn't done movies, but he was a good stand-up at yeah, that point. I mean, he, he had done some movies, but they had been bit parts. But uh, but, but this one, um, yeah, he must have owed fa- a favor to Farley or something, you know, or Dugan. Um, you got to think. All those Saturday Night Live con- connections Dugan had. Well, he's going to come back in some Dugan films in Grown Ups, right? So yeah. He's obviously friends with Dugan, but it had to be Chris Farley calling him up going, hey, man, listen, I'm doing cocaine. Uh, I'm, I'm high. They want me to be a fat ninja. Can you be my sidekick? I'm going to give you, like, 20 lines in the whole movie. Chris Rock probably could have been the funniest one in this movie. Uh, and you mentioned earlier about the uh, the guy he grabbed. Was that Fabio? Hmm. I don't think so. I thought it looked like Fabio. I, that's what I wrote it? down in my notes. I was like, I oh. thought it was a guy dressed as a girl. Oh, I thought it was Fabio. <laughs> I don't know, but I would like to have seen Joey's response to that. I think Joey would have ribbed Haru for that. Mm-hmm. Joey was an innocent dude who just wanted to. I think Joey had no friends. No. Do you think Joey had any friends? No. He talked about being beat up as a. As a kid, as, as as a kid as well. So, <laughs> so Chris Rock's Joey 
He is definitely slumming yeah. it. There is no way he should be in this movie. Yeah. This should have went to an actor we don't know. Yeah. This is more of a um what's the this is more of a Tim Meadows role. Yeah. Ladies man, Tim Meadows. This is what he should have been in. Not not Chris Rock. No, who no. One of the greatest comedians of all time. Yeah. Top five of all time. Top five actually. comedians of all time. Should not have been in this movie. Um doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. Does not make this movie better at all. So at some point in the movie here, uh as um, as uh, Farley's character is searching for the the villain, they go into end up in a strip club. Now you got to think that uh, that the SNL skit with Patrick Swayze came pretty relevant, prevalent in in this movie because of that. Like, you know, did he did he did he do that skit with Patrick Swayze for research for this film? You know. He had to have because yeah. you knew you were going to see a fat man yeah. strip. Yeah. Like, that was what was coming. You knew that's where it was. Because they were the same dance moves. They were. I mean, he, he – let's be honest. Chris, Chris Farley has he, – he has the same notes, right? Do you think – and I'm going to propose this question to listeners and to you. Do you think if Chris Farley was alive today – he would have been on the King of Queens. Hmm. He's definitely was replaced by Kevin James. Yeah. Kevin James would not be in the Adam Sandler universe if Chris Farley was alive. I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think by then he probably would have uh it would have been like one of those Hollywood guys that get a movie like you know, do two or three movies a year and not really do too much TV. Uh, Who, Farley? Yeah, Farley. Yeah. I mean, Farley's high point is Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. That was the best thing he did his whole career. If Joey was David Spade, different movie. If we just got five scenes with David Spade with Farley. Yeah, the sarcasm would have fit well with this. Uh, oh, my gosh. He, he needed made, that. Well, I guess it would have taken our heroic view of... of uh, of, of the character here in the movie because all Spade would have done is tore him down. The but whole that's movie. what we needed. We need a guy going, oh, yeah, you're you're a fat dude. You're really going to be able to do that. Yeah. And then he does it, and yeah. David Spade's like, oh, wow, he actually yeah. did that. Like, you're a fat dude. She's yeah. never going to like you. And he even did the, the fat guy in the little coat reenactment with the, the tear of the the coat or whatever he was wearing at one point. So, so Mark Feldberg must have seen – Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, and said, "We're gonna make you do that again." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy Shinto! Yes, that's what, that's what that's what he did. Yeah, he did that. I gotta go back because uh, uh, one of the things that I thought was funny, it was stupid, but it was stupid funny, was uh, uh, the character of uh, Hero. Um, what was he doing? He was. Uh, uh, oh, it was when he was imp- improvising when he was by himself. Uh, in the studio before Nicolette Sheridan showed up, and and he uh, he did the uh, the whole, are you communicating with me? Are you communicating with me? Based off of the uh, are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. De Niro scene, and uh, and just as he said, as, as soon as I saw that, are you communicating with me? Are you communicating with me? I mean, that just I thought that was probably one of the more funny things that, in the movie. That was a good line. Did you like when he would? be blasted up into the sky and he would talk to the sensei 
Uh, I thought it was kind of corny. The special effects were horrible. Oh that. my! That kid. was one of the things I yeah I, I definitely noticed the the special effects with those those uh, Wonderland ninja scenes were were pretty bad. Well, they were putting all the money into Farley. Yeah, they cared more about Farley and in his jugs in the Farley's nose in the Farley's <laughs> yeah, nose than they did they did funny. into the budget exactly. Um. So so we got Martin Tanley. We've met Joey and. Now we're 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 left. We get to meet Will Sasso, and early Will Sasso. I'm a I'm a big Will Sasso fan. He's funny. He was on Mad TV. Another fat dude in the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, not as funny as Farley. No, but he's funny in this. Yeah. I, I will say better than Chris Rock in this movie. Mm. But the, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, like he's good for like three minutes. Yeah, and then he's gone. Yeah, and I'm like I'm I liked Will Sasso. Glad he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Mad TV. I watched it. Did you watch Mad TV? I did sometimes. It was to me. It was the poor guy's SNL. It was definitely a poor man's SNL. But it came on at eleven, yeah. and I could watch it before I fell asleep and would couldn't wait till eleven thirty five. Like, I, yeah, thirty minutes is big. But he was good in this movie. He he brought it, and it was. There were two other fat guys in this movie. Who? Chris Farley's brothers. Oh, uh, which had to be in a lot of his movies, right? Yeah, yeah. His two brothers, um, Kevin and John, were in this movie. And there was also a real brief spot appearance by Richard Klein, uh, who was a driver of the car, who uh, yelled out the uh, the tar- derogatory term that uh, that uh, was shared in the movie that he called the, the bellhop. Oh. Yeah, remember he was like, beeped on his horn and was like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. What do you think the average weight in this movie is? We should talk about that when we talk about fat guy I think, movies. I think the ninjas kind of balance that out. With but take know. the ninjas out. I think this is a pretty heavy movie, right? Uh, we got some heavy hitters coming in. Chris Rock is tiny, though. It definitely wasn't heavy, heavy in comedy, but it was uh, it was <laughs> heavy in it weight. Was, it was heavy in weight. It was, it was heavy, heavy in weight. weight. I can just see what, what's the studio that brought us this movie. Um, what, what's the studio? Uh, real quick, can we find the studio that? Brought us this movie. Um, it up here, taking them off. Uh, see what was it? Um, well, the 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 producer Sony Sony Pictures Sony Pictures. Okay, so the TriStar Sony, Pictures. Yeah, the head of Sony TriStar. He's like, I want a fat movie. Yeah, and I want to make this a heavy hitter. We need some weight in this movie. We need the weight. Let's bring the weight. This has to be a big gulp. It can't be, can't be a medium size. I just ate at Del Taco, <laughs> and I'm gonna make this big. Do you know who produced the music on this this movie? Who? George Clinton. Oh, George Clinton. He's like a the crazy guy. Crazy yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Not Bill Clinton's brother. No. Uh-uh. What do you think? You know, we got a lot of probably head- smoked as much weed as. Probably. Yeah. But. We got a lot of heavy hitters. What do you think the uh, bathroom situation was like in this movie? Because we got a lot of big dudes probably needing to take big dumps, right? Yeah. There, <laughs> there had, had to have been like an executive bathroom for forever. <laughs> he needed like a, a place, couple cans. A, a place to take his dump and a little side, stand on the side to, to snort his, uh, his coke. <laughs> snort his coke <laughs> yeah. while he's taking a dump. Exactly. Is that a power move? Yeah, I think it would be. Snorting coke and while have, taking a and, dump. And have the food on the side. You, you know, that would be the ultimate uh, man cave. <laughs> ultimate man cave. <laughs> yeah. I would like that minus the cocaine. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to do drugs, no, but uh-uh. I would like a 
uh, power yeah, move. Yeah, kids, if you're listening to this, uh, do not do drugs. We do not endorse cocaine yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but we do endorse Chris Rock, Chris Farley, if you're watching Tommy Boy. Yes. Or or uh, Billy Madison. Yes. Or Black Sheep, but then it's yes. over. Black Sheep was close to... I still think David Spade would have made this movie a lot better. Yeah. We needed more David Spade. I never thought I'd say that because he's pretty much one note also. Yeah. But we needed him in this movie big time. So as we round this movie out, I mean, I know we jump around. We're going to do that in every podcast, right? We're going to jump around. We, if, if you're listening jump to this. Around. Oh, yeah, sorry. if you're listening to this wanting a beat-by-beat beat take on the movie, you're probably yeah. not going to get it. But uh, – we 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 get to the part where we we we've seen Will Sasso and I do I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the uh, Chrysler LeBaron that he's driving. Mm-hmm. That is a character in this movie. I loved that car. It made it took me back to uh, Costanza. On uh, I wrote a note here and and I can't remember <laughs> what the note meant. I wrote down dog scene and I put no way beside of it. What was, was the dog scene in the movie? Was there a dog scene? This movie is so forgetful. I watched this movie on Saturday, and we're recording this on Monday, and I cannot remember a dog scene. Yeah. And then uh, that Will Sasso character, you know, gets hit over the head and put put in the closet, and then Farley goes back to his role of Matt Foley uh, when he puts the suit on and, and drops the whole ninja kind of accent or whatever he had. Um, so yeah, I do think probably third best scene in the movie is him in the back seat, blindfolded, trying to <laughs> recap how to get somewhere. Yeah, I mean, well, remembering that later for Joey, that's what I'm getting to. That was funny. The the, the scene with him in the tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I like when his brother like slaps the mustache on his face. When he's not like, yeah. you're like, whoa! Like normally you'd be like, what just hit me in the face, man? But he just keeps going. Again, this Feldberg guy—he must have watched Saturday Night Live exactly. a lot. He you must know, have. He, the 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 Chrysler LeBaron though, and and actually, I noticed something, Roger. Did you notice this? And producer Gary, if you if you know, you chime in. He dropped a "That's what she said." I did notice that. Yes, and I did. I always assumed. That's what she said. It was started by Michael Scott when The Office premiered in, what, 2005? Mm-hmm. It was around in 97 by Farley. I would love to know if it was ever dropped before this movie. Because if that's the first, that's what she said, this movie, everyone's got to watch it. Because exactly. it drops it. That's what, I do that at home a lot, and my wife gets like, oh, what are you doing, Brad? I'm like, eh, that's what she said. Yeah. You know, I'll look up, and she'll know what I'm thinking. And she'll just be, like, shaking her head. So he dropped it. That's what she said, which made this movie a little better in my eyes. Um, one of the things I noticed was uh, when, when Chris Rock was up in the tree, they were playing a song. Uh, and I'm not sure the title of the song, but there's actually a wrestler today. He's actually um, uh, Jack Perry's son, from uh, Luke, Luke Perry's son um, from Beverly Hills 90120. His son's a wrestler. His name's Jungle Boy, and that song is is, is uh, played is his entrance music as he comes in. You know the whoa 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 whoa, and I just broke out laughing just because I thought, you know, I thought that 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 tune came from some other place, but but it must have had such an effect on 
Luke Perry before he died. He said, "This is what I want your ring entrance to be, uh, Jack, when you when you go into the ring." I do not know anything about wrestling, so you will have to teach me when we do wrestling movies. Yes, I'm sure we've got some on movie torture that we're going to talk about. Yes. I, I, I do. I am a, a closet wrestling fan, uh, but I do not eat mac and cheese in the basement, and I am married, so, you know. He eats in the living room, exactly. by God. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to eat my ma- macaroni. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Uh, so we get near the end, and he's there. If you're Allison, are you feeling safe with this fat Haru who we've established as a dummy? Diffusing a bomb. My question is, well, well, okay, my question we'll get to that later. Yeah, I, I, I do not feel safe with that. Um, I, I, the fact of him driving a forklift into the wall where the bomb is on the other side and it not exploding was, uh, was, was also a stretch for me as well. Uh, Stretching is nothing Chris Farley has no. done, by the way. Oh, I don't know. He pulled off that John Claude Van Damme split. You know. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was funny. Do you think that was uh, was editing? I think I Special read effects. he did a lot of his own stunts in this movie. Yeah, I it do had not, to be. I do not see Chris Farley doing a split like that. I think he would probably talk with a higher yeah. voice the rest of the movie because yeah. that was crazy. Yeah, I think there would have been so many hamstrings pulled he could have fed a Christmas family dinner. If I was her, if it was me and and Haru bust through. And he's like, I'm going to save you. I'd be like, I need to go ahead and call the funeral home. It'd yeah. be like producer Gary trying to save me. I'd be like, it's over. I'd go ahead and call the funeral home. Honey, I'm dying. Like, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that character on Saturday Night Live, uh, Jack Magruder or whatever. You know, the, yes. At the end, he always explodes. Yeah. You would definitely die. Yeah. Okay. So, as we, we get down and ev- everybody gets <laughs> saved and everything, um, we get down to that moment where the love interest, you, you, you know, you're thinking, when are they going to kiss? Do you think Nicole Sheraton had it written into her contract that she would not have a kissing scene with Chris Farley? Did she not kiss him in this movie? Never kissed him in the movie. But they, they were together. They hugged. But they were an item, right? She embraced him as if, hey, big boy, you're my man now, right? Yeah, but there was never any lips exchange, no... Uh, no Would you, dancing. as a woman of her, because she's a solid, what, eight and a half at this point on a 10 scale? Yeah. Would you want to make out with a fat Chris Farley? Uh, no. I, I, at that point of Chris Farley's career, um, no, I don't. I don't you could get a so. secondhand high probably. <laughs> but but, but uh, that brings us to a bigger and more important I, I, question. I think she had it negotiated her contract that I will not kiss Chris, kiss Chris Farley. We need to find this out. Yeah. But I want to know, we will talk about this in all these movies that we bring up. There is no way on God's green earth this fat guy is getting Nicolette Sheridan, even if he saves her life. No. There is no way. What do you, Producer Gary, is is he getting Nicolette Sheridan? There is no way. No. But he should inspire fat guys, right? Yes. To at least have confidence to try for the hot chick. But they're going to definitely get rejected. Um, you want to share some fun facts at the end here about 
Yeah, uh, well, he does save the day. Yeah, we, I guess we could mention and, that. And Joey, Joey says at the end, which I love this line. I mean, Chris Rock, he did deliver this line. Joey is now the great black ninja. Yeah. Like, he, he's known as the great black ninja, which is funny. And, yeah, we talked about how realistic is it that Prime Nicolette's dating Farley, is with Farley. But some facts about this movie that I found funny is Chris Farley literally cried at the premiere because he hated this movie so much. Oh, really? I did not know that. But I wonder if he was wiping his tears with the $100 bills they <laughs> paid so. him to be in this crap fest. Probably so. Uh, yeah, uh, Farley, this was not one of Farley. This is definitely not one of Farley's best best things, and it's it's sad that uh, his career kind of ended on this note with what happened to him. Um, but here's some things with that I found out about Farley. Did you know the Matt Foley character was actually based off a friend of his? Uh, I did not know who that. actually became a Catholic priest and pastor. Wow. And uh, he said that came from me. Um, uh, he also um, was uh, voiced, he was cast to be the voice of Shrek and actually did 85% of the voiceovers before, and that's when he passed away. And they were going to use his brother for the last 15%, uh, but this brother just decided not to do that, or the studio decided not Which to do Shrek that. Which Shrek had been better with Farley over uh, Mike Myers? I don't know. Uh, that, would he have been able to do the accent? I, I don't remember him. I think Shrek as Matt Foley would have been funny. Yeah. That would. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I, I think I think he. I would love to imagine a bizarre I lived world. in a tree down by the river. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to have seen that. Yeah. That would have been great. Uh, he also uh, was cast to be the original cable guy um, that Jim, Jim Carrey ended up doing. Uh, nah, I don't like that. I don't want to see him as the cable yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was uh some uh. I'd like to see him as Ricky Bobby though. Yeah. <laughs> so we do we do have some critic and uh, um, viewer reviews. Uh, you want to share some of your viewer reviews? I, I'll share one of the the critic. One one critic said this was a one joke film, which was basically him him walking into that uh that pole. That was like you know it's like. That was the the one funny thing in the whole movie. I, can I just say, one 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 guy that's not a critic, but we all know him, future Batman Christian Bale, says this is his favorite movie, but he's only seen it once. I don't know how anything can be your favorite yeah. if you've only seen it once. You gotta you gotta you gotta watch that twice. So that's yeah. a review. But I do have a few reviews that I want to read. That to me, the, the first one, I, I, I'm going to do this every movie. I like to read reviews. This is people who bought the DVD of the movie we're talking about. L. Williams from 2014 says, The Great White Ninja. This movie is so funny. Our first copy was toast, so we got a new one because we missed our favorite ninja and needed our Chris Farley fix. That was one be my first question. So did they buy it in the five dollar DVD bin at at Walmart, or did they pay full price? I don't know. Jordan Bentz from 2015 says it's magic. Ignore the haters. The movie is magic, comedic gold. Don't expect Schindler's List, but this movie is great in its own special way. Roger, did you go in this movie expecting Schindler's List? I did not expect Schindler's List. <laughs> now, maybe maybe I would have shed as many tears uh, as when I was watching it as I did in Schindler's List. So. <laughs> I think 
or felt sorry for the main character, you know. Yeah. If you went in this thing in Schindler's List, you, you might be on the same brain level as Harry and Lloyd and Haru, right? Yes. Um, Philip Matney gave this five stars from 2013, and he all caps it. So when you all cap something, you're screaming it at me, right? He says, it was a great movie and was exactly what I was looking for. Best movie I ever saw. Yes. Philip doesn't get out much, does he? <laughs> I love how he says, best movie I ever saw, yes. Yes. I wish I could contact Philip because I would love to ask him about this review. I'm going to search Philip Matney's. You know how he would answer the phone? You'd say, is this Philip? He would say, yes. Yes. <laughs> and Jason Smith gave it five stars. And his possible number one comedy. I believe this is easily, this, this might be the best review of all time. I'm going to read this. Producer Gary might want to say something on here. I believe this is easily in the top five comedies of all time. This, the lines are classic and Farley is hilarious. This is the kind of DVD I could watch over and over. You know, all these names you've mentioned sound like white guys. I mean, like, there, there's not a... <laughs> yeah. A, there's not non white guy name. No, no diversity at but, all. But my thing is, is he thinks it's one of the top five comedies of all time. And the line I can hardly remember any lines from this movie. I think producer Gary's trying to talk. Anyway, he can't talk right now. But I f- I feel like this might be in the bottom five comedies of all time. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, it's you you have a review from a a, a credited source. Yeah, uh, one one source I think it was from USA Today said it was painfully unfunny. Not just unfunny, but it was painfully unfunny. It hurt. It, it hurt. was so unfunny. They left there yes. feeling like they needed to go to urgent care. Yeah, it must. Uh, so, so I question the sanity of the ones I I uh, I read because yeah. they they have to be off their meds, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Roger. In in wrapping this up, would you is this movie movie torture or was it movie gold? Uh, it's movie torture. I, I think uh, it would uh, be like um, uh, zero out of five popcorn, uh, you know, popcorn boxes because it had you know there was nothing there. Nothing there for me. There was nothing really memorable about this movie that I care to go to work and tell tell the boys no. about. Um, this was kind of movie that when you watched it, you didn't go. Yeah, you wouldn't go in back in the office and say, "Oh, guys, you got oh, I watched the funniest movie this week, and you got to watch it." This is one of those movies that when somebody says, "Hey, have you seen Beverly Hills Ninja?" You say, "Nah, nah, never seen it. Never seen it." <laughs> You don't want to admit it. No. I'll say the one great thing about this movie. There's one great thing about Nicole this Sheridan. movie. Yeah, Nicole Sheridan. Well, two great things. Yeah, Nicolette okay. Sheridan. Nicole Sheridan. Yeah, great. You can call her Nicole. I don't think she yeah. cares. Um, the second Sally. best the best thing. This is better than Sally. It's only an hour and 29 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty quick. Although it felt like two hours and 20 minutes. Because I remember pausing it, and I yeah. was like, holy smokes. I still have 50 minutes left in this movie. And it <laughs> felt like. I had been there. Yeah. I think by the time he gets to Beverly Hills, there's still 50 minutes left in this movie, but yes. you 
feel like you have been through it already. Yeah. 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 I, I, as I was, I was writing notes through the movie. Uh, I, I wrote a lot less in the back half than I did the first half. I was so glad when the credits came yes. up. I was like, thank you, Jesus. This yes. movie is over. I do not have to watch any more of this no, movie. No, I will not revisit this movie. It's taken me 26 years to watch it a second time. Roger, 26 years from now, I do not want me and you sitting here going, let's watch Beverly Hills Ninja again. Can you imagine somebody coming out of the movie theater and say, I never want to see Chris Farley in a movie again? This was it. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even talked about a future movie torture. His last one, Almost Famous, or Almost, what's it called? Almost, not Almost Famous. That was a good movie. Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Uh, his last movie, I can't, it was with Matthew uh, uh, Perry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, Almost Heroes. Yeah, Almost that's Heroes, it. yeah. That's yeah. one we'll definitely talk about on this on this podcast, I'm sure. But yeah, definitely movie torture. Don't want to go back. No. Please don't make me watch no. that again. No. So, Roger, tell everyone what our next movie is going to be. And this is a movie that I actually, I don't think it's a bad movie. I mean, there's some bad things in it. There's some unbelievable things in it. Uh, but I think it's a highly enjoyable movie to watch. It's Here Comes the Boom. Are you tipping your hand already? You're already saying it's not movie torture. I, I've seen the movie before. You haven't. So I, I, this is one of those ones that I wanted you to see because I wanted to see what perspective you would come come from. Um, but uh, uh, I, I just think there's some there's some, some funny stuff in it. Uh, there's some stuff that was quite unbelievable. And we'll just save that for, for when we watch it. Or when we review it later, but um, uh, but it's it's another fat guy, Kevin James, and uh, we're trying to keep with that theme here for a few and you know first first you know recordings. Average weight of that movie, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's what we want you guys to do. If uh, when once we uh, this is our first one, but we're we're gonna you know we're gonna list I guess some of our social media stuff here at the end. Uh, feel free to uh to let us know what you think if you've seen Beverly Hills Ninja and let you let us know what you think about it and what uh and take the opportunity to watch here comes the boom so when we review it you've seen the movie and then you can laugh along with us and maybe even send some comments in and some some of your own reviews that we could uh we could actually share live on the podcast or you could also be like uh producer Gary and never watch the movies yeah and uh Laugh at what we talk about. Yeah, exactly. But you can follow us on Instagram at Movie Torture Pod. So if you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. You can message us on there. Uh, tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe us. Um, we want to continue to bring you humor in these sad, sad, terrible movies that we pick. Yes. So for that, for, for producer Gary, Roger, you yeah, I think this is just, uh, that, 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 that's all, folks. I'm Brad. I'll see you. We will see you. We will be in your iPhones next week uh, or on your iTunes playlist. We'll see you next week with Here Comes the Boom. Catch you later. <laughs>